0: Hello and welcome to the Marketers Guide. I'm Samuel Cheong. Today I'm excited to speak to my guest. Um, I've known her for quite a while now, and uh, she is someone I look up to as a marketer because you know from the things that she's done in the past and uh, what she's doing now it's really exciting as well. So I really like to welcome uh, Sinchi to this show. Sinchi, welcome.
1: Hi, Samuel.
0: Um, you call me Sinch. Everyone just calls me Sinch. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Sinch. Yeah. Um. For the guests, um, I usually get uh, my guests to just introduce themselves and uh, share about uh, who you are uh, and what you currently do, your current role. So can you please introduce yourself?
1: Yeah, so my name is Sinj. I'm based out of Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia and um, I wear many hats. I think um, in the past, I've been a social media consultant. I've been just overall marketing strategy. I've also been uh, co-founder of a venture-funded startup uh, for a couple of years and but today today i actually lead the uh, marketing team at storehub it's an uh, omni-channel operating system that uh, serves f and retail businesses across Southeast asia where i think we we're in about 15,000 stores now. Uh, we offer them like a cloud-based point of sale, digital ordering. Uh, we essentially help them digitize mm. uh, their businesses. Awesome. Yeah, so that, that's pretty much what I'm mainly doing now. I'm so also I... a digital marketing instructor with Next
0: Academy. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, you seem to have, yeah, you wear so many hats and I don't know how you do it. Um, and I, you know, I've known you for quite a long time now and you actually had many um, other kinds of marketing roles uh, before this? Can you share a little bit more about uh, some of the, the things that you've been uh, doing in the past before you uh, stepped into StoreHub?
1: So I'm an inadvertent marketer, I always say, right? Like yeah. I, I'm a psych major, like I major in psychology um, and when I was in uni, so I, I like nice things. Um, my father didn't like the price tag on the nice things. So <laughs> I actually started working, looking for work. Right. Except that I'm really lazy and I didn't really like the idea of Starbucks. At the time they pay you, I think four or five ringgit an hour. It is that one US dollar per hour of work. And I'm really lazy, but I was a nerd in school. Um, this was what, 2006, 2007, like yeah. I could do websites, I could design mm. Photoshop. So I stumbled upon this freelance gig that basically introduced me to internet marketing. Uh, so as a student in uni, I would earn a lot of extra cash making mm. like, like 50 US dollar ebooks, um, ghostwriting articles, like way better ROI than Starbucks and McDonald's by the <laughs> way. So like I, like I write articles, like, you know, how to create an out of controlled viral email marketing campaign. This is also why I don't trust the stuff I read online. <laughs> or like, oh, top 10 powerful visualization goals for instant weight loss. <laughs> so I made quite a bit of money doing that. And mm. I later learned that a lot of this was ghostwriting content for like black hat scammy SEO <laughs> <laughs> and that was when I learned oh, yeah. about SEO. So this was my yeah. like second year of uni, right? Um, this was the age of what red arrows, yellow buttons. Um, mm. Google didn't have pages, and yeah, and that, that's pretty much where I started my marketing career because I then joined a the marketing uh, company that was more marketing driven. Mm. Um, we were selling information products, uh, to the US market.
2: Uh, yeah,
1: company called Mind Valley at the time. Yep. Uh, this was. Many, like ten years ago, at least, and yeah, at the time, your main online advertising channels were what Google search and direct purchase of display. Mm-hmm. Facebook pages didn't even exist, so I learned a lot of uh, a lot of my early introduction to what is not digital marketing today, but back then, just purely internet marketing was yeah. email marketing, email list segmentation how do you build, um, how do you generate leads, right? Because Mm -hmm. you want signups and then they become your database, building a database. Um, How do you do Google search and SEO? Those were the primary um, modes, I would say, for Mm -hmm. the early part of my career. But I was also really fortunate, right? Because at the time, Facebook started like pages, I think that was 2008. Facebook started page in 2008. And, uh, and I was really involved in like, creating some of my buddies, first Facebook pages, building online communities there. So I eventually moved into social media mm. and social media management. Um, at the time, social media felt like a, it was like an unknown world, right? Every yeah. agency is trying to hop on social media. That's right. So I also accidentally stumbled upon my niche in marketing at the time, which was uh, social media. Uh, yeah strategy and management. So after I left Valley, I essentially worked on um, social media strategy, like training teams, uh, like for all sorts of things like with agencies, FMB, um, political campaigns as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got a few NDAs signed there, but yeah, <laughs> essentially, <yeah. laughs> essentially I was doing a lot of that time because it was very new. And I think I was one of maybe five to 10 people in Malaysia in KL who was who, familiar with Facebook. Mm, um yeah. and then eventually I was like okay no more marketing i became a co-founder.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and then, then after that i started my co founder my company with my co-founder at the time mm. and yeah so but essentially i've like accidentally done a lot of things. Yeah. But with with a company it was so different right you, you don't have things like a market, only like a marketer. Um yeah. you have to understand product management how to build a product how do you build um, like uh, habits into product
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: and I remember having to learn all that from scratch because uh, before this it was just purely on the channels themselves Yeah. Uh, but yeah so that that yeah. was like 2-3 years of grinding through
2: that as well but then there that was for yeah after.
0: And there was no like book written about it, like how to go viral on Facebook. You kind of had to write the book.
2: <laughs> so, right.
1: My entire career has been, there's no book written on X or no course written about Y. Like yes. today, today, like, I mean, I did the digital marketing course, which I mean, mm. I, I hope it's good because um, I didn't learn in frameworks. I learned from Google and by trying, there mm. were no courses. So all the, all the masters who are like, um, like Nir Ayal, who, who is an expert in building habit forming products. Yes, I, yes. Attended, I attended a workshop like uh, in San Francisco in 2012. He hadn't even come up with a book yet. I think at the time, he was yeah. trying to prove some models and it was a full day, two day workshop mm. where he personally ran for 20 people to just prove his model, his hooked model and yeah. then realize that he would later
0: become really popular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of the book and not read it. Uh, Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. And I, I'm interested because you said the, the keyword here, right? You actually figured a lot of these things out. And I think that's the the gist of the core of this podcast. And it's funny because you stumbled into marketing and then you ended up mm-hmm. teaching marketing. So that's like, it's yeah. you know, kind of like, Well, it's quite a journey there. Now, how do you go about like thinking about learning new things, right? I'm curious about, because obviously you mentioned already that none of the books were written obviously when it was new. Like um, today you've got YouTube, like it's tons of knowledge out there right now and a lot of gurus or fake gurus as well, right? So how do you go about approaching learning, especially when it comes to marketing where, you know, you talk about internet marketing in the days where Facebook was just like, you know, like, yeah, Facebook
2: was just all... in college. at
0: the time. Yeah, exactly. And there was no advertising. There was kind of like, yeah, you said no pages. But obviously when it was new, like how do you go about learning something that's new? And also uh, maybe put on your marketer's cap here is how do you identify opportunities with new platforms like Facebook? And now we're talking about um, TikTok or even LinkedIn.
1: So I... So what I like to do personally that helps me is I like to game algorithms. I find joy in seeing like why certain things work. That's okay. why like, I think and that's why like Facebook or social media was very interesting for me mm. at the time. So that's um, like, okay. So why? Because I'm interested in product. Ultimately, when I say I'm an inverted marketer, I'm also not a pure marketer. I enjoy product and digital products a lot mm. and digital journeys. Nice. So. At the time, I remember trying to figure out Facebook. Like, was Facebook even big or not? Come on, I was like twenty-two. I would not have known yeah.
2: <laughs> zero experience to tell.
1: <laughs> but uh, I'm like, giving it. I try to sign up for everything, and it was a matter of like, oh, okay. How do you get more likes? How do you get more clicks? Oh, I, I noticed people did that. I noticed other people did that. Mm. And I like I'm not very original. I copied really well. So whenever there are like I noticed like a post or something that went viral. I try to dissect and identify, like, mm. okay, what is it? What is that about? And I sometimes think it's because of my background in psychology. Um, because mm-hmm. you want to break out why people do the things that they do.
0: <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
2: And uh,
1: that that became like became very fundamental. So LinkedIn, mm. like I remember in 2019, 2020, I think 2020 during the lockdowns, yeah, um, there was something much to do, right? So I was trying to figure out. <laughs> how to gain the LinkedIn algorithm Mm. to get more views on posts uh, and stuff. So I I spent like, okay, once a week or two weeks, I would just write something and I would try something new. And I remember one of my my top performing posts got like 180,000 views. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Then the moment I figured out it was boring, I not want
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's, so it's, it's like, a, oh, it's I solved the problem.
1: <laughs> of, yeah. So it's a lot of like trying to figure out mm. hard words. And mm. then uh, from there, like, uh, okay, then therefore, this is what we do. Yeah. And that's kind of how I like to look at platforms as well, like whether it's TikTok or not. Yeah. So the way we identified TikTok um, and as a platform. I remember, uh, so we also launched a food delivery service called Beat, uh, yeah. during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll admit, um, I'm not a TikTok user. I, I, I tried, I just couldn't <laughs> get into it. Um, but I knew it was very high potential, right? Yeah. Uh, it was just a very different target segment. One of my interns, like she's a new, she just joined the company after her internship at the time. She was like, oh, she was pitching to her manager. She said, we should start a TikTok page. Mm. And I always say, I said, like, that's fine. Um, the TikTok strategy is clear. So as long as it's not taking more than 10% to 20% of your time, just try do your best mm. there. And then if it picks up, you'll we'll dedicate more time. Yeah. So it was a matter of like experimentation. Right. And I think we were the first of food delivery uh service to be on TikTok so we gained mm. like 10k followers like super fast yeah. at the time no one else none of them were so TikTok still remains like one mm. of our strongest channels today right. for, for the consumer part not the virgin side right, yeah. right. our 40-50 year old aunties yeah. and run <laughs> shops here <yeah. laughs>
0: you, you might be surprised they might be you know good at going they viral might, on TikTok they, yeah.
1: they might one day Um. so we still maintain that so but as a yeah. whole just Taking mm. that a step back, right? For marketing, um, especially as a marketing leader, we—it's very tempting to go with what works, and uh, and it feels a very high. Oh, what's
2: risk proven? Yeah. what's yeah, proven? Yeah, what's yeah, yeah. What's proven?
1: Right, because every day it's about proving ROI, and yeah. I find myself in that position as well because time is such a scarce resource. Mm. Um, so it's always about like, okay, can we dedicate like ten percent of budget time? Um, resources, whether it's effort, right, mm. to something that's experimental um, across all areas, like ads, social, and have no expectations on whether it works out or not. Yeah. The only expectation is you try to do it to the best of your ability to game it. Mm. That's the only expectation.
0: I like that. Yeah. So there's the element of like, you know, it's experimental. Everything you you test and you see and you try to prove the hypothesis. But also it's like a game I, I kind of like that because for me it's like yeah, marketing is quite a fun thing to do you know like you try something you don't know whether it will work but when it works and it works really well that's like wow. you know it's it's, yeah. amazing. it's amazing right yeah I, I always yeah. tell my guys mm. as well
1: that like, marketing is like out of 10 experiments eight will fail yeah one will be like in and, yeah. and maybe just maybe you get one that does really really well yeah. so it's a lot of resiliency and a lot of just trying yeah
0: things. yeah willing to try willing to fail and experiment mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that you mentioned uh, earlier and the fact that you are a product person you know I, I think that you know that that strikes me as like how entrepreneurial you are because most good entrepreneurs are actually product people you know they, they actually um, start as product people or maybe um, you know start developing the product idea first and then build a company around that, right? So um so I'm quite interested in that. And what what do you think um or what can you share about just you know being uh, product led or being like you know uh focused on the product um and how can that help us as marketers?
1: So I'm not a classically trained product manager, right? So <laughs> yeah, sure. not technically, I've like, got no agile background training. Uh, yeah, yeah, no yeah. scrum master training. Just yeah. <laughs> want to caveat all of these things. <laughs> but I'm noise. Very product driven. Mm. And I think, um, and if I really, really think about it, that was, it started on very early on in my career already. Um, long time ago before Money Valley hunkered down and said like, I mean Mine Valley has always been a marketing company, like a yeah. very marketing-driven company. But I remember some of my early projects were okay, if we were to build our own app to do this, like what would it look like? What would it do? So I think to answer your question, mm-hmm. if you boil down what makes good product, core product, and everything is about the customer journey. Yep. And are they getting value from it? So it's always like problem solved therefore your value proposition Mm. and what's the customer journey and I usually just break it down to its core fundamentals of that Mm. across all products right is there high friction low friction Um, is it difficult to come back Mm. Uh, which ironically all this is marketing also right
0: yes exactly yeah (laughs) yeah I mean the the parts of marketing that most people don't really pay attention to as much
1: are you like reminding people to come back as like, you know, a bare minimum, right? Um, that all of these different things, uh, that, that's essentially what the product driven is. Yeah. Um, but we, we built, I believe in building a full funnel marketing team, for yeah. better or for it worse, it's really hard to mm. say.
2: Um,
1: like a lot of uh, traditional, traditionally marketing in some organizations, I wouldn't say all, mm. um, are very top funnel focused. So you've got uh, people, they, they run ads, traffic, brand awareness. Um, but because my view on marketing is very full funnel and as part of the business, mm-hmm. I try to build out teams within my team that supports the entire um, customer journey. Yeah. So my team reviews even things like customer care responses as, as the templates, mm. right? Um, when intercom we, we switched to intercom and we've got like spin custom bot journey, um, myself and different people on my team, we review that too. Um, mm. So I'm trying to build up, we build up capability to be able yes. to support all these different functions because every customer touch point is an opportunity to build brand awareness, brand affinity, uh, yeah. like brand loyalty. Um, increased referral social marketing channel, right there,
2: yeah, exactly. And
1: I think it's uh, and it pays to look at it from a marketing point of view, yeah. So, your product, my my product is online and offline, so I look at it so
2: Mm.
0: yeah. And I think that it comes back to being customer focused, actually, you know, like uh, focusing on the customer, you know, how do you delight them in all touch points? Uh, and I think, you know, we all know the story, right? Um, it takes don't know how many touch points for someone to become a non-customer, unaware to become a customer is like, I don't know. I don't know what's the number right now, but it could be quite high. So, you know, it's good that marketing and not just marketing, but probably sales, your customer uh, success team, like everyone's kind of like focus around the customer. So that's really awesome. And
1: and, right. and and exactly right. Because one of our values, sorry, I cut you off there. No worries. Yeah. Uh, one of our values as an organization is serve needs, not just profits. So mm. I, I translate I like that. that into... Yeah, because a lot of people, a lot of businesses, they chase profits. you totally abandon the customer. Then ultimately, the business still fails, right? Um, so I translate that into this talk I do with all newbies. It's called like, how do you grow effectively in the Hub marketing team? Mm. And uh, I always talk about the main three reasons why we're here. And the first, why we exist, like as a marketing team, right? The first yeah. line is we're here to do great work for our customers.
0: I like that. Nice. <laughs> but what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean?
1: <laughs> great work for our customers is yeah. essentially means making sure that the customer is put first. Yes. Like, are we thinking about our customers first when we write coffee and advertise, right? Small, small things like that. Like, oh, oh yeah. are we saying we are awesome or how do we help you become more awesome? Mm,
2: um,
1: I like so it's, it's everything about the customer. Um, our, when we think about a journey that inconveniences us, but it's great for the customer. Um, can we focus on making sure it's great for the customer and find a way to make sure it inconveniences less? Mm right yeah, yeah. or we, we spend less operationally on it as an example so yeah. it's just kind of drilling that into everybody's heads yeah
0: and and the beauty of um, all these digital tools uh, we call it Martech right um, allows mm. you to build relationships at scale right and and so you can automate you can you know reach customers where they are and there's so many ways that we can do that today and that's like you know like it boggles the mind how um, you can actually personalize a customer's uh, relationship with you, you know, without being like spammy and just kind of like one size fits all, right?
1: No, totally. And what's even better today is you mm. don't even need to learn how to code in the early days of my mm. career. Yeah. You did not know <laughs>
0: how to do anything.
1: But today, there's Zapier, have yes. You just mm. need to be good at Zapier, mm. <laughs> all right? So we built an entire like WhatsApp automation funnel um, that like, oh, yeah. every time someone sign up as a lead, uh, a lead um, Gets a message and a WhatsApp message that opens a yeah. chat, right? And then there's something to message, and then oh, you know, before this, our sales guys were sending out messages. This one was full like so fun. Oh, my marketing team doesn't just like drive leads. Like our sales, message, sales guys were using like five different WhatsApp business numbers, and they oh, will
0: oh my goodness
1: <laughs> SMS one by one. Your meeting is on this date and time and all that. Oh my god, like yeah. or, or manually calling everyone, right? If you cannot call, then the email SMS. So what we did was we used to just we hacked together with Zapier, Salesforce, and some other mm, team, mm. and like okay, as long as the status of every lead is now attempted contact, it triggers this SMS and we try calling you. Yeah, that saved like so much time. Um, but yeah, so that's my my team worked on that flow as well. Then we're like, nice. okay, how can we then use that for other parts of the organization?
0: Awesome. I yeah, that it comes back to the idea that uh, good marketers and I mean good employees in general are good problem solvers right like you don't just Mm. look at what what do I need to accomplish but just look at opportunities like you know look at the customer journey like in this case five phone numbers just to reach the customer you okay there's a problem to solve here let's figure out a way I I mean and, and the beauty like you said there's no code right like, I got a question for you, like, how do you think about a modern marketer? So we talked about full funnel marketer, uh, whatever that means, mm-hmm. we'll have we have to define that. But what do you think uh, a modern marketer needs? Because I, I think you, you touched on a few things already where, where, you know, they are willing to be learning all the time, willing to be experimenters, willing to be curious about problems and how to solve them. You know, uh, code is probably not a, a core skill at the moment, but at least can understand how it works.
1: You, you know, can read it good enough. Yeah, you can it. read, you <laughs> can
0: understand how it works and use Zapier or whatever. But what's a modern yeah. marketer? What, what is an ideal kind of modern marketer uh, in your mind?
1: Oh, that's so tough, right? Because modern is uh, it's a relative- I mean, you asked me this question before, I was <laughs>
0: yeah. thinking about it. As
1: like, modern is such a relative term. <laughs> like, um, but I, I'd say like what's useful I think mm. in marketing today and in the coming few years, right? And it's a little bit counter to this. A lot of career advice: it is be a generalist mm. and be full stack.
2: Wow. Right? A lot okay. of people always <laughs> say,
1: like, "Oh, you know, why are you specialize? what you focus on? what you focus on?" And, we, and which is crazy because I I deal with that with a lot of my younger like uh, team members, right? Yeah. They they're in such a rush to focus and specialize and build a niche. But I'm like, no, actually marketing today is about well, being full stack. Mm. Is do you understand all the varying types of channels? Uh, do you understand like the core, right? Like modern marketing to me is not just, hey, I'm very good at Facebook ads. I'm very good at this. It's about do you understand um, the base, base skills. Right? I believe it's yeah. marketing as well, right? Like, it's mm. about behavioral psychology. Do you understand UI, UX? Uh, like what goes into uh, really good user experience, digital user experience? Uh, do you understand or uh, are you data-driven? <laughs> do you need help pulling an Excel sheet and, the <laughs> and creating, I don't know, making a pivot table, <laughs> right? Like just basic skills, like the yeah. ability to be full stack across mm. all of these different things is so important. Yeah. And marketing today in the coming few years, right? Historically, marketing is a cost center. So you just get a budget. Your job is to spend the maximum budget so mm. you get more budget next year. But yeah. marketing is about being, to me, in the coming like generation and what has been for a while yeah. is how do you stay close to the business? And business is really not just about driving traffic, right? Business mm. is about uh, it's about making sure that costs are not, uh, your costs are not spiraling. Business is about ROI, it's about your mm. beta, your, mm. your GMV or the revenue that you're bringing, mm. um, and that to me is probably the direction I predict marketing will move more and more heavily into.
0: Mm. Interesting. So the way I see it. Um, People tend to be like, uh, well, most of the time we start narrow, right? So as we grow in our careers, as we level up to the next uh, level, um, we tend to go broader, right? Um, And and, kind of like, I guess the way I see it, um, I'm just trying to be a bit of a devil's advocate here, you know, because we talk about T-shaped marketers and marketers tend to be very narrow in their disciplines because to be frank, like some of these disciplines are quite hard to master, right? You talk about, let's say one... In example, um, copywriting. For example, that is uh, itself is a job. Uh, you talk about you know ads like you know <laughs> Google Ads is a beast, Facebook Ads is a beast. Like to just master even one of these platforms is crazy, uh, and then you talk about something a little bit more vague, which is um, customer psychology, why people buy. Um, that it, uh, itself requires you to be putting on a, a bit of a different um, sort of hat. So, just to be a bit of devil's advocate here now. If someone is new, like let's say they join your team, right? The young, um, fresh grad, you know, uh, they want to carve out the uh, marketing career for themselves. But how do I go about like learning all these things? Should, shouldn't I just like be narrow and master something first before I move on to the next?
1: I think you can kind of do too. So a lot of people are hired into a role to work on something specific, right? Yep. And um, let's say it's Facebook ads. Let's just use that as an example. Mm. But to... Be, be able to run really good Facebook ads, you need to understand customer psychology. You need to understand what's a good copy, bad copy. Uh, you need to know what works on a good creative. And it's not just, and the entire transaction or interaction doesn't just happen on the ad, right? It happens on the landing page as well. If you're driving traffic, your click-through rate is great. Everything's fantastic, but your ROAS is shit. Your conversion rate is crap, right? You still need, to understand what happens on landing page. Now in a lot of larger organizations where these things are more factory-like I think like because of the way the organization is already, yeah. it's not their fault yeah. um, but it is that right, it's your large Goliath and Amethel operation and mm. everyone is really really focused on one thing and one thing only because you have someone else piecing everything together and saying, mm. okay, this was not the ad person's fault. That one's a landing page fault. You need to talk to the website. You need to do this, you need to do that. Yeah. And um, that's why when I tend to hire people from this agency background or corporate background, uh, I find that um, they are very, very siloed into mm. their specialty for a very long time. Mm. And that makes it very hard to be agile in the future because what if you know, I don't know. Like yeah. in 10 20 years' time, um, Facebook ads is just not a thing anymore, and yeah. TikTok's huge. Then what? You pigeonhole your entire career into a channel mm. that you don't even
0: own. Yeah, that's that's a good. That, I mean, that's a fantastic point. Is is the platforms themselves change all the time? Like yeah, you know, you, you
1: watch the whole generation of newspaper. Yeah, like whatever, <laughs> like marketers die, right? And like. I'm so scared like when I'm 50 or 60, I'm not relevant anymore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Will you still be a marketer at 50 or 60? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't really
1: like to think of myself. Honestly, I think I stumbled the marketing career and it's been very, very useful as yeah. a tool of trade. Um, but mm. I enjoy business. I enjoy understanding. Like I, I'm the capocchi leader, like the busybody leader here. It's like, oh, that project was interesting. Oh, I think I can contribute. Let's do that. <laughs>
2: nice.
1: yeah.
0: yeah, marketers so, need to be Kpochi a bit, you know, and just be yeah, curious. Like, be curious about curiosity. anything, everything. Yeah, probably not finance. I think finance, I leave it to the finance expert. <laughs> but yeah, it's so good. It's no, good but even then, you need yeah. to understand it, right? Yes,
1: like, yes. How, can you read P and L? Yeah. So that you know exactly like, where are you still on that line? And mm. why, your, why your organization say, I need to cut budget or grow budget? Because sometimes they say, okay, I need to cut budget, but actually you need a scaled budget. But you don't understand the PL, you, know, you can't argue.
0: Yeah. So yeah. so let's take a time machine back to your, you know, when you first graduated, okay? <laughs> let's imagine yourself uh, becoming a, a marketer again, or like, okay, fine, you've, you're a fresh, uh, fresh graduate. How, mm. how would you do it today differently? Like, how would you go about learning marketing?
2: Ooh,
1: I don't think I do it differently. So okay. I had this like path A or path B when I first graduated. It's very so I mm. I came out of school, I graduated. I didn't really know what to do, yeah. um, but I was doing all this ebook stuff. So I knew that oh, marketing maybe advertising is interesting. Um, so I applied to pretty much all the ad agencies like BBDO, uh, Naga DB at the time, I think, like, matter, uh, and they were all very new agencies. And I thought, yeah. oh, Strap Planner sounds smart. <laughs> 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 so I applied to all the Strap Planner roles. Right. Um, and I got all my offers. I was debating, like, okay, which agency should I go for? And this is where the red pill, blue pill, like, different <laughs> roads happen. Um, so, I interned actually at, at Mind Valley. Yeah. Mind Valley uh, in 2007 it was more like a web 2.0 app company mm-hmm. than it was a marketing company. Um, and I caught up with my ex boss at the time. Mm-hmm. His name's Mike Riley. And I, I really, really looked up to him when I was an intern. Um, he was the former head of new strategies of eBay. And then mm-hmm. he left eBay. Like, this was, uh, he reported directly, Nick Bittman. And he mm-hmm. left eBay in 2005 or something like that to relocate to Malaysia. He's freaking like Canadian, like he's German, grew yeah. up, uh, lived in the US to relocate to Malaysia to start this little web like, 2.0 company. So I had dinner with him and I was telling him about, oh, you know, I graduated, these are all the opportunities. And I'll never forget, he told me, like, Sinchi, you must remember this that advertising that Everybody thinks works today will not be the case in ten years. Mm. At Mind Valley, we're building. We're building on what we believe is the future of advertising. And nobody knew my Valley at the time. Like mm. everyone told like my parents that I worked at Mid Valley the mall. <laughs> oh yeah. Like my friends would tell
2: everyone
1: I worked at the mall. Yeah. <laughs> Mid Valley. So like like that's the future of marketing and the future of marketing is totally online and right. you're at this point in your career that like you're starting a career you can you start really strong or not and Mm. then he made me an offer and Mm. I sat down I was like oh shit so suddenly it was like okay do I take this path that's very very unknown um, and a complete risk, uh, yeah. or do I go the stable path
2: route? Yeah. And I
1: thought about it, and I'm like, okay, what's the worst thing gonna happen? And I spent a year there, nobody knows, it's really not future marketing, I just go back to the That was essentially what I thought. Yeah. And, uh, I and I joined my belly, and I think going back, I would have done the exact same thing because it mm. uh, turns out it really was the right career decision um, to bank on the future, not bank on what was great now.
0: Mm. So coming back to today, <laughs> what is the future of marketing? It's a big question, but I don't expect you to give all the answers. But what, what do you see? What do you think like, um, I guess a different way to ask this question is um, what do you think most people get wrong about marketing today? I think we touched about that earlier in the, mm-hmm. the conversation, but that you think we are we're skating down the wrong path. Like where do you think we should actually really look towards um, as marketers? Yeah?
1: Um, I think in the last couple of years, especially mm. marketer marketing has felt a lot about advert like it's all about advertising, mm. and it's about spending on channels. Right. But I think, uh, and I mean, I'm guilty of that too.
0: <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, it, but, it worked. Um, it wasn't that it wasn't working; it was working.
1: No, it worked like gangbusters, yeah, exactly. like so so well. But ultimately, um, I think we need to refocus marketing on the customer the way uh, market the way let's not talk about marketing but the way the world's working today is that what we loved about the early onset of digital marketing is super hyper targeted personalized cookie experience right mm-hmm. I still remember writing pitch decks about why cookies are going to change marketing
0: and then suddenly <laughs>
1: like cookies are not going to i'm going to change marketing <laughs> by removing them. Right. and yeah. Um, yeah like in absence of that what's left, I, I actually think it's going to go back to the very, very basic routes of mm. like product, like yep. building excellent products that have innate word of mouth, growth and community around them. Yeah. I actually think that's one, it's going to go back to the very, very basics mm. of what marketing is, right, product, placement yeah. price.
2: <laughs> and
1: yeah. we, we focus heavily on product, Um, and the customer and the customer journey. And you're observing a lot of brands today like building their own. um, And it's going back to the old days of pre cookie where you build your own database, you have to be able to engage. What today they call community management, but you're actually managing community on someone else's platform. Yeah. And tools and then paying to reach all of them. No, but I think it's going back to that, right? Building and nurturing your own community whether um, it's your email list, whether I don't know what like mm-hmm. your TikTok following, which I'm not a huge fan of. Yeah, the yeah. people, all these things. But how do you reach your community across multiple channels, but also your own media?
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I, I think I, I think that's moving that way. And you see that with crypto and mm-hmm. centralized finance. Mm-hmm. Um, marketing uh, to, for crypto products uh, are complete our NFTs are totally different. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Entirely community driven.
0: <laughs> that's a whole immediate. other conversation. That's a whole, that's other, a whole conversation other conversation. No, but yeah.
1: but that's entirely about building, building, right. nurturing, and yes. engaging with communities. And mm. uh, ultimately, I do believe that marketing will kind of move back in that direction.
0: Yeah, what's so interesting? Most people yeah. What's, what's, what's interesting is that recently there's been a lot of talk about what they call demand generation. And uh, hmm. there's, this, there's this guy on LinkedIn, Chris Walker, right? So he talks about how there's this thing that is called the, the dark social, dark social or dark funnel. I can't, I can't remember, but, you know, where conversations about your product and your services and, you know, exist out there in places <laughs> that you cannot measure. <laughs> so yeah, it's like happening. basically
1: chat, huh? is exactly. the dark social side? On chat,
0: chat on Discord, WhatsApp, Slack, WhatsApp,
1: channel, um, Reddit, and you might not even yeah, know. exactly. Posting
0: about you, so there's basically about, no referral information. I mean, yeah, you can't, yeah, you can't track, you can't measure, and you have to be thinking about that, right? And how do you actually create, firstly, a product worth sharing, a product worth talking about, uh, content? Then you had to create content that um, you can actually allow the community to. To kind of like take an own as well so yeah I mean that's I I think I like the idea of going back to the basics like it's quite a cliche isn't it but it sounds like
1: ironically I think the next 20-30 years will be about the brand marketer
0: oh that's interesting yeah so you, yeah. you know I think there's a lot to be talked said about like your CMO but there's also the CBO which is you know, someone who owns the brand like that probably is also a separate function outside of marketing. That's that's going to be yeah. interesting. Um, yeah. So we're going to try to wrap up uh soon. Yeah. And I just wanted to ask you about like, um, yeah, I mean, just around uh, the team that you're building um, because I think, you know, I've been con- conversing with a lot of marketers, but like uh, not that many that actually build out marketing teams. So can you share about what uh, you do uh, with StoreHub and how you think about kind of like building your, let's call it the the Avengers or the the your your dream <laughs> your dream team of you know like real great marketers like their generalists or their whatever T shaped yeah how how do you go about thinking of, of building a team? Uh,
1: so I actually had to build a team from scratch in StoreHub, right? I inherited yeah. a team of like two, and then that was it. <laughs> uh, So I pretty much, we're about 25 people today, and I think I've made a lot of mistakes along the way, but ultimately what I'm trying to do is follow a certain set of guiding principles. Hmm. So A, um, one of the biggest things I had to figure out in the early days was first before of a team is what kind of structure. And so I did a lot of study into and talking to different companies about how they structured their marketing teams. Mm-hmm. And then I quickly learned that there's no one-size-fits-all. So I couldn't copy someone else's yeah. structure at that point. So I made up my own. And, uh, and a lot of that was realizing that, okay, at least at StoreHub, we're a fast growth company. That made we're funded, venture funded. We're not like um, an FMCG yep. where uh, things are a little bit more BAU. Growth is more linear. Uh, okay. We are like, we've got up, down, then we've got, we yeah. expected the hockey thing. And the goals feel more and more impossible every year and every time. So um, because of that, and because things change so rapidly, the kind of team structures we needed were, need, needed to be focused on elasticity and agility. Mm. Um, therefore, I needed to create teams that could restructure, and uh, refocus on different aspects of the business or so different mm-hmm. goals at any point in time without me saying, okay, suddenly you got to cut half the team and hire
2: mm. from scratch
1: because speed was very important. So we needed like a good mix of strong generalists. And there are areas that you know will never die, right? Like okay, social, you need someone that yeah. no matter what, handle your social channels, handle yes. the blog, um, yes. all of this, right? You needed people who can do that. And those guys at the core, they're almost always there, but they're time but whether they b B2B focus or B2C focus on the market focus that the part will be lasting and change. So they're mm. expected to if you everyone is never really focused on a single country, you have to contribute 20-30% to other countries as well. Uh, right. So that if we need to redouble focus into let's say okay the Philippines, um, you then can say okay you go and help. Mm. And you would have some familiarity enough with the market to be able to move. But mm-hmm. for teams like performance and growth and acquisition, I call it. I don't really like performance. It feels, it feels like, <laughs> oh, it's just paid marketing. Right? Yeah. So I was like supposed to, go to growth and acquisition. Yeah. And
0: um, actually, all, all and that, that we do in marketing is performance driven anyway. Like everything we do is performance. Uh, it's, it's meant to contribute. Yes, yeah.
1: <laughs> but semantically, when people see the word performance yeah. in marketing, they say, I want to do ads only.
0: <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so
1: so I'm, I'm all about semantics. So semantically, I just chose to rename the whole team growth and acquisition team. Nice. And you've got guys focused on acquisition and you guys focus on growth. And this team though, has to be very generalist. You've got channel experts, people you know, can know Facebook by the your hand, one or two, but 80% generalist. Yeah. Um, they come from a wide variety of backgrounds. You've got people who come from Telco. You've got people who come from like Property. Uh, you've got fresh graduates who are mm. just really good researchers. Um, you've got mm. one, one, one or two from agency. Like it's a very, at the point of this team, is like you can come in, you can understand an ad. You know what makes a good landing page. Uh, you know uh, enough about customer journey. You don't have to be an expert at any of it. Right, but you come with one, one like strength they bring to the table, one talent or one, one like core uh, contribution. Yeah, and you are generous in every other way. Mm. And the idea here is that can this team then like be stretched and moved from project to project? Let's say performance like okay, maybe now we're like lead generation is like really stable. Mm-hmm. Can the performance guys then go and help? you guys help in the growth side. Mm product adoption so that yeah. that becomes very very critical for us right mm-hmm. and that is the team that is forced to be the most agile whether they like it or not yeah <laughs> but honestly I'm, the ones who don't like it don't want to stay on the team very long yeah
0: yeah i think it, it weeds like it's you're talking about like a seal team right you know like the weak ones will naturally like <laughs> be shot to death
2: yes <laughs> and they and, weed and themselves I out you, right because
1: and when I when I hire a work with a lot of young people today, mm. um, I always hear this, oh, but I only want to focus on ads. I only want to focus on ads. Right. And I've been around like for oh, like I think mean, like what my, my career is now 30, 14 years. I look at someone after enough conversations and I can usually tell, I promise you in seven months you'll be so bored of ads. But <laughs> like you want eight ads in seven months.
0: I know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right? Yeah. Like I said, you are the type that you cannot sit there and launch an ad every single day and tweet up many times. I mean, you do get mm. to ads.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: So I also look for like different, different percentage types internally, we yeah. call it like starters and builders. Right? So there are things that you need, like zero to one. These are the super risk takers. These guys, um, are not afraid to take risks. they're not afraid to get on the ground and get their hands yep. steady, can uh, execute. do shit manually, yeah. and execute. But more importantly, they thrive in chaos and uncertainty.
2: Mm. Because zero to one is
1: all about chaos and uncertainty. But a lot of these guys, like myself, we don't do very well in processifying things for scale. Yes. Yep. Right? Like I can think about like the frameworks, how to get there, but you need Another type of person to say, all right, I take all your learning and let's operationalize this. And then we have in different individuals up and move the, you, as long as you identify the zero to ones, you move to the project, project, you never get bored. Mm. The one to hundreds of skills who like the stability, who prefer like, okay, I will make your chaos unchaos. chaos I will like am chaos your chaos. <laughs>
2: and
1: those guys are there to yeah. just work on that. Part.
0: Yeah, that's a phrase I heard before. So it eat, eat up the chaos and, and spit out the clarity. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, I, I need more,
0: I need more of those, more of those yeah.
1: Because because I'm I'm like I'm chaos, essentially. I'm the zero <laughs> to
0: one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I can sense that.
2: <laughs> but that's that's <laughs> just chaos. the way
0: that's that's just the entrepreneur in you, I guess, like you know, thriving yeah. on challenges and you know willingness to experiment and try new things. And I think yeah. any team will definitely benefit from so you talk about was it starters? I, so
2: like we call them starters of
0: build- builders. starters and builders. I think I, I I quite like that. So and recently you told me that you're also looking for someone kind of like um, to kind of sit across these these is it and and be kind of like yeah. mm. <laughs> so tell me more about that. That's okay. sort of uh, so yeah.
1: Someone works much smarter than me mentioned this and I'm like, I totally agree. Uh, the best marketers and the most brilliant marketers also make the poorest managers. <laughs>
2: um,
1: I kind of agree with that. Um, I'm not a very brilliant marketer by any means, and I can tell, I, I'm not like the most, I'm not the best manager, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, so the I floated the idea of um, an internal HR VP, which in mm. a different way reports directly to me instead of to the HR team. Why? Multiple reasons. Why? One reason is because hiring is like a constant thing at my organization, but actually yeah. any organization now. Because uh, marketers typically spend about what two three years in an the organization, then they move on. Yeah. So it's like perpetually you have to like it's not like operations roles that people are there for five six seven years. You have to perpetually hire uh, in new people to replace natural churn. And then on top of that, um, if there are new channels and all that, you need to somehow dig out possible experts. Every time you launch a new product line, you need to build teams and reorganize them. So hiring is like constant and sharing the hiring resource with the whole organization is um, what's very challenging for us. And then the second part is that part, right? Where marketers not the great, not the best managers. Um, if you hire in, unlike other departments, where if you hire in a pure manager, just to manage people make sure that they operationally function well. Mm. Um, Other departments are totally fine with that. You don't need to have a marketing background. But technical marketers, they need to freaking look up to you. They need to feel like, wow, you're my CEO, I can learn something from you, you are my mentor. And um, that means you typically have to somehow move high performing marketers, and eventually they want to move, some of them want to move too into managerial positions, But then how do you turn them into leaders? That becomes the other question, right? Yeah. And uh, not all like generic. I, I can't tell them go and study this book, go and study that book yeah. because chances are that's not how they became a great marketer to begin with. So how can we take away um, some of like the things that will typically mm. make them like really stressed out, like the direct right management of employees? How uh, can coach them through all of yeah. these things? Uh, performance management, right? Mm. Um take away the operational side of things where we can so that they can do what they're focused on doing, which is making more money and <laughs> driving yeah. 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 So can can I take away all these yeah. things and provide internal support for them, exit conversations, oh like you know your downline report not so happy. How do I handle it? Because I know right now my managers they're confused. You know who they go to me. <laughs> Of course, (laughs) and that
2: takes up all
1: my time, right? Because (laughs) I'm like the 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 leader, right?
0: So, and you end up being the bottleneck as well.
1: Correct, I become the bottleneck for everything,
0: Mm. which which
1: sucks. So, Mm. therefore, like having someone internal, but marketing is such a unique department that um, we realize that plucking people from pure marketing from pure HR backgrounds in um, doesn't really work because it doesn't help if you're talent acquisition person just sends you CDs and they don't understand, like, should you hire, if I want a performance marketer, I shouldn't hire an account executive because they're mostly like client servicing. Right? Yes. So I'm looking for someone, it's, this will be hard I'm a unicorn, someone <laughs> with some sort of marketing background who has a heart for people and who wants to move into HR. Mm.
2: It's easier
1: to teach the HR stuff,
2: Yeah. much
1: harder to teach the marketing stuff. Yeah. So I've worked with so many exactly. HR people in the last couple of years and that's what I've learned that
2: mm. it's, it's
0: difficult. Yeah. And
1: yeah, so that, that's kind of what I'm looking for.
0: Yeah. Like, you, to support
1: the organization, bro. and me. Yeah.
0: You, you know what you need? You need a conductor. You need someone who can manage this orchestra of like really brilliant players and kind of like getting them to play in tune and, and in sync and they respect you and like, you know. Yes.
1: You <laughs> yes. And, and, and I also have the creative team under me, which are like mm. graphic designers, video yeah. guys and by the way, managing. That team is like requires a totally different skill set. <laughs> really? As well, but yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Because there are a lot of like motions and create energy and
2: space.
1: And like, <laughs> That's what I mean by
2: chaos.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's part of the game and uh, it's it's fun as well, right? So I think we're gonna wrap up uh, the conversation. Yeah, it was yeah. really fun. Um, is there one last thing that you like to tell the audience and uh, you know something that you like to leave us with? Um, I.
1: Hmm, That's a difficult question. Okay, I'll just end with what I always tell my team. I'm like, you know, we're entering an era of generalists. Like, Mm. don't specialize too much. Um, It's good to have like one thing to fall back on. But ultimately, I think as long as you understand like, like buyer psychology, like behavioral psychology, I always say, and you understand that, you understand, you know how to tell a story. You are good with data. Mm-hmm. I think there's always a place for you in any marketing environment because channels come and go.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, 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 the way I see it is, be a business person who specializes in marketing, but like business minded. You know, focus on revenue, yes. focus on customers, and just have your specialty in marketing, whatever that is. Right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I thought yeah, that's a that's a nicer way of putting it. Thanks.
0: awesome <laughs> yeah yeah please still by all means <laughs> hey, since yes, it's been will, a will, great it's been great just chatting with you and uh, i learned so much you know and I, I really feel that um yeah you've got a really good thing going there store hub and i'm sure you know uh there's a lot more amazing things that's going to be coming from you so thank you so much for uh being part oh, of thanks this conversation for
1: having me to oh i'm sorry I
0: forgot about to <laughs> it's all right yeah And this has been an episode of The Marketer's Guide. I'm Samuel Cheong, and I hope you join me in the next episode.